welcome to the Evidence Informed Teaching Podcast. Are you a teacher wanting to improve your classroom practice and deliver excellent teaching through access to research? Do you have a passion for teaching and are looking to connect with other like-minded colleagues through professional discussions? The Charter College has partnered with TeacherTap to support teachers to deliver excellent teaching through access to research and we invite you to be part of this community. On this podcast you will hear from fellow teachers, research experts and you have the opportunity to be part of this professional discussion. You can find out more about the Charter College of Teaching and TeacherTap in the show notes and if you find this episode helpful why not share it with a teacher friend take a screenshot and post it on your social media or even better leave us a five-star written review hello and welcome to today's episode i'm sarah jane i'm the partnerships manager at the charter college of teaching and today i have the honor of interviewing one of our ect members he's going to be talking about his experience as a trainee teacher he's going to share some insight into that transition between trainee to his first year as an ECT and he's also going to be talking about how his membership with the Charter College of Teaching supported him through his training and also how it benefits him as an ECT. If you are a more experienced teacher but you know a student or an ECT please share this with them. Hi welcome to our podcast today Johnny I'm really glad that you have joined us Talk a little bit about your experience um, becoming a teacher and what life is like as an ECT now. So I'll hand over to you. Maybe you can talk a little bit about yourself and what your role is, why you actually decided to become a teacher as well. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks very much for having me on. I am currently in my second year uh, ECT. I'm also a subject leader in psychology. Um, I'm a one person department. Uh, and I've been in that role for about a year and a half. I teach in Hertfordshire uh, in a mixed comprehensive school uh, with about 1,100 students. Um, in terms of why I wanted to become a teacher, I never really thought about it really up until almost the end of university. My mum was a French teacher uh, for many years, um, so I did sort of grow up in that environment, if you like. Um, I found it interesting. She'd come home and sort of say, or tell me about the stories that she'd, um, you know, have and the things she'd get up to. You know, when I was a lot younger, I never really thought um, it was for me. As soon as I went to do A-level, funnily enough, psychology, uh, which which was is now my subject, I had a, a fantastic teacher and, and sort of I owe really uh, a lot of my career really to, to him. He inspired me to further study psychology and gave me that sort of self-belief to... Uh, go to university he was empathetic he really cared about me as a person um, and my education and he, he just knew the ins and outs of of the subject and 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 sort of gave me many many opportunities and um, changed my life really and and so if I can make that impact on just one student then I'd be happy so that's that's the reasons why why I became a teacher shout out to that teacher what was his name uh, he was called John, John Davies. It's all the Johns in the psychology department, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it's amazing, isn't it? And when I do talk to um, ECTs like yourself, just how important that role of teachers are and how it influences our our path and our, our direction. And this episode really is sort of geared towards students and those training to be a teacher. And that's a real message that at the college we want to get across is just how important 
being a teacher is and how impactful that role can be on the young people. So let's kind of like go back a few years and talk about your teacher training. Tell us about it. Like what were the best bits? Did you have any challenges and how did you overcome those challenges? I I moved away um, to do my training. I moved away from my my family home. Um, I, I sort of moved away perhaps an hour or so away. Um, and that comes under my challenges. So I'll come I'll come back to that one. But um, the, the sort of best bits really from my training was teaching the subject I love. Um, I think that's the first thing that I really took from it and enjoyed was the opportunity to share my passion and interest with, with young people. I think that ties in really with that engagement, I think, with psychology. But with so many um, subjects in your subject area, you can link those things you find fascinating to to the kids and and that's something that I really took from it um but I suppose ultimately the purpose and reward for me was was probably the two things I'd boil it down to teaching and I don't need to tell you this but it provides you that real sense of purpose um you feel like you're really making a difference every day and I would really sort of like to share that with younger teachers and those who are training because it might not feel at the start that you're making that impact and you have that purpose, but you will start to develop that feeling. And so keep plugging away uh, is my advice. And I think, I suppose now that segues me nicely to the challenges, I think, in, in the training. As I said before, I did move away, um, which was tough. And I think one of the important things to note, I think, when you're training is to have a support network. Um, having maybe family or, or friends or, or even somebody on your course that you can go to in times of need. I think a nice balance actually between having a teacher friend you can go to with teacher related things that you're struggling with and then also having personal uh, element to it I suppose uh, family and friends can can really provide you that support because there's no there's no sort of two ways about it it is difficult and it can sometimes feel overwhelming and I think I'm I have felt that when I trained I I did feel that I was at a school my base school if you like so I did two placements but the main placement was basically the whole academic year bar six weeks and they were really hot on teaching and learning Uh, a lot of very experienced teachers at the school it was an outstanding school in terms of Ofsted which was fantastic in one sense because I got to see excellent teaching, but it did mean that the expectations from a trainee were very high, which was then meaning for me um, feeling overwhelmed at times. And I think the, 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 and I'll get on to kind of overcoming those in a moment. I think another thing that was slightly tricky, I think that was a challenge for me was I felt I had to try and implement everything at once. I felt I had to be masterful in my modelling. I felt I had to be excellent in my questioning at all times. And I think that probably too high of an expectation that I had on myself didn't do me any favours. And I think that I'd want to emphasise to young teachers, trainee teachers, that you are not going to be an expert at that point. And it is about learning. It's about growth and development. Um, And so I know it will feel very high expectations and tricky but 
things like questioning, for example, can can take a long time to really develop and uh, and get right. So don't don't overwhelm yourself um, too much in terms of your own expectations. I need to take my own advice on that, by the way. Um, but I think that's one, that's one way to overcome it. As somebody who uh, qualified as a teacher actually in um, 2004, I can honestly say that teaching is a learning process throughout the whole of your career. And unfortunately, we like to put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be able to do all of the things. And I think particularly for young teachers, that as you're coming into the profession, you think, you know, you've got to do everything all the time and you've got to be an expert. But it really is throughout the whole of your career a learning process and just learning as you go learning on the job and you know growing and learning in lots of different areas so I think that's a really good piece of advice is that you don't have to be an expert you know sort of going going out of the gates and I know that um, I'm sort of going a little bit off piste here a little bit because I didn't necessarily give you this question but just thinking about the difference for you what do you think is kind of like the difference between being a, a trainee and then that transition into ECT into those ECT years what what's the main difference and what are the good and the bad things about that I think the big difference I noticed and it will depend on the school you're at but for me it was the autonomy you've, you've got a lot less uh, time spent with somebody um, in terms of you can go to um, with the kind of training element to things that will obviously be removed somewhat um, and so it does mean that you will need to probably seek out more help if you need it you will of course have a mentor and there are those things in place but I, I think that the autonomy is is a lot higher and the freedom but what that does mean I think the pro to that the benefit to that is it means you can really truly experiment um, I noticed that my willingness to experiment during the training years or training year was a lot less because I would pretty much all the time have somebody at the back of the room. But when I was qualified, I was an ECT, I felt that I could freely experiment. And if it didn't quite go right, it was only me um, that had to then remedy the situation and, and explain to the, the students that it didn't go so well. Um, so the pressure was taken off slightly in that respect. And I think that that's a true benefit to the ECT years. As you said, that that sort of having like more ownership of, of what's going on in your room, trying, which goes back again to what you were saying about learning and not having to be per being perfect in, in your training years and still that learning process going through into an ECT, you're an EC in your second year as an ECT now as well. And I also li really liked what you said earlier about having a network, having a support network to help you. And you also said about how having to, as an ECT, potentially look for that support, being proactive and going out and looking for that support. And I think that's one of the reasons why we exist at the Charter College is to bring that community of teachers together because it sounds mad, doesn't it? But teaching can feel like a very lonely profession because you're in the classroom with all these children, but it's you and it's very much on you. And there can be some really challenging times and challenging days. And I think being a member of the college can actually really 
bring teachers together and we can take that inspiration from you know our colleagues who are perhaps at the same stage in their career but also from more experienced teachers and being part of that network can really sort of pull you up my next question for you then was um you know as a as a trainee as an ECT why did you decide to become a member of the Chartered College I think with my subject psychology I've always been interested well since I'd studied it anyway interested in behavior and learning and I think that real passion for my subjects lended it well to then looking at research not just in my subject but then research in education and how I could perhaps improve my classroom practice with some of that psychology knowledge and education research I think we are all experts in our in our subject um, and I just really do feel that understanding the research and about learning in your subject and the teaching in your subject it makes you even more of an expert it makes you um, even more effective and that was really my motivation on to, to originally join was was that so you joined as a as a trainee teacher how did you use your membership um perhaps as a trainee and how are you using it now as an ECT I mainly used it originally for the impact journals so they arrived um in paper form and of course you can also go online and look at various uh research on there and it's very easy to read it's bite-sized CPD so it just meant that I was able to read on a few case studies or research that have been conducted and originally I focused on areas in my context I think I wanted to learn more about post-16 education um, sort of effective strategies in that area of things and then over time I realized I was broadening slightly and looking at other areas in school and and looking at research there as well. And eventually, over maybe a year or so, I think I've been part of the college for perhaps two years now, I knew there was some opportunities to further study, I suppose, is, is the way to put it. I, I signed up for the Certificate of Educational Inquiry, and I, I started that two, three months ago. And that gave me an opportunity to not just engage in research, doing a literature review, but also testing and trying something in the classroom that I wouldn't have thought about trying. And I really enjoyed the process so far. I've not quite finished yet, um, but that's what I've, I've been using the, the membership for more recently. However, as I said before, the main purpose of me joining at the start was, I think it goes back to what you said actually about community um, I wanted to listen to and hear from like-minded individuals who are passionate about their subject, but also to get some perspective uh, from other contexts, other schools. And I think I really benefited from that as well. So there's lots of reasons that I've spoken about there. Um, mm -hmm. But 
really really enjoyed being a member so yeah. far and it's really exciting to hear that you've um, already taken that next step in your professional development by studying for um the certificate so well done you um because that um so for um those people listening who might who might not have really sort of thought about this at the charter college we do have a membership but we also are able to award the accreditation of being a chartered teacher and that's something that um, perhaps once you've um, sort of been a, an ECT and maybe you're in your third, fourth year of teaching might be something that you might want to think about doing to take that next step in your career. And um, the certificate that you mentioned is is part of that process. The Charter College can award charter status and there are three different pathways to become a charter teacher. So we have a leadership pathway, a classroom teacher pathway and a mental pathway, depending on the roles that you might have in your school and I will actually link some information about that in the show notes as well because whilst you know as a trainee you might be concentrating on getting through your training year it's really good to have and this is one of the things that we're really passionate about at the college is having a clear pathway of you know professional development where can you go what's your next step because yes we're here to support trainee teachers and ECTs but also more experienced teachers and then we also have fellows as well and that's something that you might want to think about Johnny in maybe 10 years time when you've been in the profession about um, applying to become a, a fellow of the Charter College so we really do have a huge range of resources that are for individuals at the start of their career but also for those who are more experienced and who have um, positions in leadership. And you might find that your school maybe has membership with the college. So you might see, as Johnny was mentioned earlier, that impact journal maybe on the coffee table in the staff room or floating around in the staff library, maybe somewhere. So it's worth keeping an eye out for. And many schools do actually pay for their staff to go through this professional development with the college as well so worth having in mind and thank you so much for sharing how you use your membership and how it has helped you so just to kind of wrap up what what piece of advice would you give someone who is listening to this as a trainee teacher they're in in their perhaps doing a PGCE they're coming to sort of halfway through their course this this episode's going to go out sort of January February time um what piece of advice would you give them and why I think the biggest piece of advice I could give and it's, it's slightly a obvious one perhaps for some uh is to-do lists I've, I've seen so many trainee teachers um, struggle with the organization side of things I wasn't one of those I'm a relatively organized person um, but to-do lists were my go-to um, and just making sure even if they're small things writing them down because uh, I found that I would just remember little details that would then prop up and 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 they were important so that's one I'd say yeah. are you a paper and pen person or is it an electronic to-do list See, I hesitated on that because I was for a long time pen and paper, um, but I've almost just about started getting in the habit of using electronic. And that's the same for my calendar, actually, my sort of school timetable and meetings and things. I've gone to use electronic, which I'm also quite enjoying. So do what works for you, really. I've, I've tried to experiment with both. I've got a few things that I'd say I think the big one as well is getting yourself online in in groups and Facebook groups um, Twitter things like that 
uh, in terms of resources, because training can be very difficult in terms of getting strong resources for your lessons. And not every school will have um, lots of resources to go on. It does depend on, on where you are and, and what department you're in. Um, but that's something that I didn't realise probably until my second placement in my training year. Um, and once I'd found those those groups, it, it helped me massively. And I think it leads on to my next piece of advice. I'm sort of listing them out here a little bit, but that's really useful. But also, despite having all those resources then at your disposal, don't feel like it needs to be the perfect lesson. I think I, again, going back to what I said earlier about high expectations on yourself, I think I always had that sort of mindset of I've got to be perfect in the resource I'm using, or as I said before, modeling or questioning. And it is a learning process and it will take time. Despite putting in all that effort and work, it will take time. And so be, be patient. In the same way, we, be, we are patient with our students, aren't we? And expecting the way that we are patient with them while they're trying to learn. We should be patient with ourselves. So thank you so much, Johnny, for sharing your experience and your knowledge and for just being on the podcast. I know it can be challenging with the workload that teachers have. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Absolute honour. Thank you. Thank you.